this is Cassandra Washington, and welcome back to the Abundant Living Podcast. We're going to be uh, talking about the path to financial literacy and financial freedom. Freedom. This is part two of our podcast, and we are still talking with the partners of Generational Empowerment Organization, GEO, and we are talking today with the President Jarrell. Is that correct? No, I'm sorry. The president is, tell me your name again, sir. I'm sorry. It's okay. My name is Michael Marshall. Michael. And we have Jonathan and we also have Jarrell. Excuse me. I apologize for that mistake. But we're going to continue on our conversation. When we last talked, we were talking about uh, the uh, the minimum wage in Mississippi and the threshold, poverty threshold for families. And Jonathan, you were sharing some great concepts and tips, information about uh, finding ways to compensate the income and making your uh, children and other family members aware of budgeting and uh, being able to be conscious of your income and what you can do to uh, set yourself on the path to financial freedom. And in speaking to that, I would like for you to uh, address the issue of maybe is this a good time to start a business? Um, I guess I can take that one. Okay. Um, so for me, I'm going to say it honestly depends on the business, um, whether it's a full-time or part-time venture, uh, and also whether or not you are financially able to take the risk. And um, that's going to be a different answer for everyone. Um, so I say, uh, me personally, I have recently started a business. However, you know, I had to do my due diligence and a personal risk assessment to determine if I was actually willing to absorb those associated risks. So. Um, those are the main three factors that I took into account when I decided if, I, if this was something I was going to go through with or not. So, as I said it one more time, it just really depends on the business, that industry, whether it's going to be a full-time or part-time venture, uh, and whether or not you're financially able to take that risk. Okay, great. And I believe that it was Jonathan that also mentioned something about, you know, to maybe they can start a, a a lawn service or do some simple things like that where you can supplement your income. Yes. Um, Jonathan, did you want to speak to that? Or? So I guess for, for that one, just like I said, it just depends on that business. So yeah, lawn care, uh, things like that, that's always a good industry to kind of you know, start in because it's something that um, it's very, very little startup. It's not something that you have to dedicate full time to. You can still work a regular job and kind of do it to make more money um, and things like that. So uh, lawn care, uh, if you know, if you have any other type of skills that you can, you know, start a business with where it doesn't take a lot of overhead or, you know, a lot of time to actually do and you can still make money from it. I think it's a great opportunity. Yeah, and, and and that's great that you mentioned uh, something that uh, if if you're dealing with if you're working with uh, limited finances, something that does not require a lot of overhead, but something that will be able to allow you to supplement your income until you can get where you want to be. And you talked about you know when you're getting ready to start a business, business evaluate 
you know, how can you absorb, can you absorb the cost and, you know, basically what resources that you are working with. And in that vein, I would also like for you all to touch on investments. Um, why do you think African-Americans are less likely to invest in the stock market or start that business? What do you think may be some of the um, some of the things that may cause African-Americans to be reluctant? So to in that particular situation um, and just speaking from personal experience, uh, it's lack of knowledge. Like I know growing up in my household, um, that was just not a part of any discussion. You know, the only thing that was being drilled into me was go to school, graduate college and have a good job. You know, it didn't, there were no subtopics to explain what to do after each step. It was just, that was it. And you had to figure it out. And then if you were talking to somebody who uh, brought up stocks, it would be like, oh, I don't know anything about it. Oh, I don't gamble that way, which is kind of ironic because people wouldn't do that, but they go to the boat or something and gamble stuff. But that's a whole nother conversation. Uh, But it just wasn't in our community growing up. I know it was in a small percentage. I want to say around 33.5% or so. Um, but we, it was just never discussed. And because we were ignorant to the fact, we didn't try to figure anything out. We only stuck with what we were told by our parents. And it's nothing against, you know, uh, them, but it's just they can only teach what they knew. You know, if they were aware of it, they would teach it and instill it to their children. And because they had no knowledge of it, we couldn't possibly know either unless someone else brought it to our attention. That's right. And it's definitely Definitely, you know, it comes down to just being knowledgeable about it um, for sure. Because like, for example, like, uh, you know, everybody knows you need a 401k at work, right? Everyone says you need a 401k or you need to have retirement, right? But on that same note, you ask that same person, well, hey, like, do you know anything about like investing and stuff? And they'll tell you, no, I don't invest. I you know I, that's a bad, like, don't invest because you're going to lose your money. But the thing about it is what they don't realize is, I mean, your 401k is invested. Like your 401k is invested in the global economy. When you give money to the bank and you put it into their, the savings account, that money goes, to, they take, they're taking that money and investing it into the global economy, but they're only giving you a certain small percent of what they made on the money, right? So everyone's taking their money and going to the global economy except you, right? It doesn't make sense. So, you know, and I think that's one thing that I'm really passionate about is really teaching people those type things, because, you know, we can have all the money in the world. We can ha- we can be putting away three hundred, four hundred dollars a month into, you know, saving. But if you're putting it in the wrong vehicle, like, for example, if you're putting it into like just a general savings account, say at your local bank, they're not getting that much return on, the, on your money. And if you're looking at saving for retirement, by the time you retire, you're not going to have much of anything. Right. So it's just a matter of, of lack of education. We all know we need to save. But we don't know how to save, right? And so I just think that um, it, it all comes down to what you've been taught and what's been passed down. And it's just so happened that we're kind of behind on that. But hey, I mean, I, I'm very hopeful for the future, and I think that's something that we can definitely change. Yes, and I believe you you guys are on the path to helping helping families do that. And I and I really do like that. And let's speak to the fact that you know uh, you were talking about the vehicle 
that you use uh, for investment. And and as you were saying, a lot of people don't know that when you're investing, when you're putting money in a 401k, when you're putting money in the bank, that's investment, but that's, that's a safer. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, you know, the, the thing is that we are afraid. We are afraid of the stock market. Mm-hmm. We're afraid that we're going to, uh, all we hear about is uh, when the stock market loses money, of course it gains too, but we focus in on it went, it, it dropped or we, we lost, we lost money today. So can you just give us some basic terms? Because one thing that may help dispel the fear and I, and, and you all are so right, education and knowledge, I believe will build that confidence. Yeah. So, and can you give us some basic terms, some basic terms for someone who may not know anything about the stock market, where they can begin to learn some basic terms and what they mean. Okay, I get I get one. Okay, it just crossed my mind. So you talked about the market goes up, the market goes down, right? Mm-hmm. We all know that, right? All right. So like to kind of help with the fear, if you look at the market long term, I'm talking like twenty plus, maybe even a hundred years on average. Over the last 100 years, the market didn't go below 9% on average. Like, And I'm talking about ups and downs, ups and downs. It go all the way up to 30%. It goes down 10%. That's average on what, 20, right? So it's not bad. One thing that, one term that I think is uh, could help out, and you can Google this too, it's called dollar cost averaging. Dollar cost average. And basically what that says is, don't worry about what the market's doing. If you're investing for retirement, here's an example. So I'm investing for retirement and I'm investing for, you know, I'm putting $200 or $300 in every month into something like a retirement account, you know, for, you know, the next 30 years. All right. Dollar cost average says it doesn't matter what happens in the market. We're going to continuously invest every single month regardless. Right. We're going to get the, the average. All right. So we're banking that the market's done going to do better than it does bad or worse or whatever the words you want to use there. And so basically what that says is, you know, if the market goes up 20 percent, I'm still going to invest two hundred dollars. If the market goes down 20 percent, I'm still going to invest twenty dollars because I mean, two hundred dollars, because what happens is, you know, would you rather pay, you know, twenty dollars for something or would you rather pay forty dollars for something? Most people will want to pay the cheaper, right? So that's what happens when the market goes down. The share price is down. So essentially, you're getting it on sale. And so when it goes back up, now you have more value. And so with that idea, dollar cost average just says we're going to continue to invest no matter what. And if you do it that way, you don't have to put any thought process in it. You're just going to continue to do it. And then you're going to bank that, okay, when I get ready to retire, I'm going to have what I have. So that's one term, and you guys can Google that as well. But that that's been very help, helpful for me. Great. Okay, so are you all familiar with what's going on with the game stop stop at this at this time and the investing that's going on by the the younger group? Um, I saw where there was a ten year old who had invested in GameStop, and he cashed out at three thousand dollars. And the concern is, is that this is similar to gambling and people should not uh, use this type of investment, investing into the stock market and GameStop, because what they're doing, my understanding is, is that they've pushed GameStop's stock up. And so they're saying that this is similar to gambling. What do you what do you all think about that? What's your advice on? So. 
investing? Um, this, I would say, depends on the individual and their investor knowledge, right? Um, so, so start off with the definition of actually gambling, all right? So it's to pretty much take uh, a stake of something of value, in this case, uh, be it money, uh, with the consciousness of risk and the hope of actually gaining something um, as a result of an outcome of something. So, and particularly with this GameStop stock, you have to really understand the stock market. And I think the problem is a lot of people are not understanding it. Um, I think there was a stat uh, last week, I believe, uh, when it when it when it first started. I believe Robinhood, one of the brokerage uh, apps, had about six hundred thousand new installs just that day. You know, uh, so a lot of people are kind of looking on social media and feeding into the hype. You know, a lot of people say, "Hey, buy this, buy this, and just hold, buy, buy, hold." Some people buy and hold, sell. You know, so it all depends on the investor. But I would say. There are a lot of people who are just feeding into the hype and it is a gamble for them because they don't have any knowledge of the stock market or how it works. And what's happening right now is not a traditional uh, it's not traditionally how the stock market should work. So if people are basing their stock market knowledge on what's happening right now, then that's that's not a good thing. And it pretty much is a gamble. Now, if you understand what's happening and you still want to take that risk and you're able to take that risk, then. You know, but it's always a gamble with, with something like this because the volatility is 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 crazy. So when the volatility is so high, the risk is higher. You know, the risk of return is greater, but the risk of loss is great. So it's it's about understanding all those all, all of those aspects. Great. And you 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 talked about being the the level of knowledge and the level of experience. So you have a twenty year old and you have a fifty five year old who interested in investing in the stock market, don't have any experience, but this is something that they want to do. Would your advice for those two persons be different? If so, why? Or how would you advise a 20-year-old, here you have a 20-year-old and you have a 55-year-old, and they both need to uh, start saving, need to build for, you know, 55-year-old is closer to retirement than a 20-year-old. So how would you advise them? Well, so, uh, oh, you, you can go. You can take that if you want. I'll take it for a little bit. So I think it all depends on what their objective is, right? So like, and it and also depends on how much money they have because we talk about age 20 and 50, but you know, the 20-year-old could have, you know, let's say he got inheritance, right? Or, you know, let's, whatever the case may be, he, have, he may have a different situation. And the 50-year-old could be, you know, uh, to the point where let, let's say let's say for example the 15 year old ha- already has money right and so at that point you know he can take greater risk because he already has you know he has money so it all depends on what the objective of that person you you can consider age that's important but it also depends on okay well what what is this 50 year old looking for are they looking for something to supplement their already income or are they looking for something to, you know, to make a, a whole bunch of money or, or what, what it's a retirement money? Like you have to figure out what they're looking for and then you can kind of evaluate uh, based off of what their needs are. And so it's not just based on age. It's more so based off of, like I just said, it's based on what, of, the, of, of their situation. So that's that's what I would say. So it's not it's not a cookie cutter answer. Right. You have to really understand, you know, what that person is looking for. So go ahead, JT. 
Well, you actually hit everything I was about to say. <laughs> I don't really have anything to uh, add. I just, you know, re- would reiterate. It's just like you said, you know, that 21, that 20 year old could have. Um, I know typically the advice is if you're young, you can be more aggressive in your investments. But I mean, in that situation, that 20 year old could have more debt than the uh, 50 year old. So he and have more responsibility in that particular time frame. The 50 year old one could have decided not to get married, doesn't have any kids. You know, doesn't have any debt, so he can put money as much as he wants because he has no one else but himself to take care of. Whereas a twenty-year-old could have—I mean, we all are where people having uh, kids at twenty and stuff like that. He could have kids, so he has more responsibility. So he can't put as much money as he might want because of the simple fact that he has some has mouths to feed. So, like Jarrell said, it just depends on their particular situation and their goals for it. And I would. And I agree with both of y'all. And I would just go a little further to say there used to be uh, a rule of thumb. I think it changed a little bit now, but the rule of thumb used to be, especially when you're investing in um, stocks, a part of your portfolio, you pretty much subtract your age from 100. So uh, if if you're 20 and you subtract it from 100 and it says estimated, you can get about 80 percent of your portfolio in, in stocks because you, quote unquote, have the time to be more aggressive. Uh, and to take those risks, uh, you know, versus if you're 55 and you subtract that from your age and you got about 45%. Uh, but, you know, as the years went on and life expectancy increased a little bit, they kind of upped the rule of thumb from uh, 100 to you can use it where between 110 and 120, depending on your aggressiveness and just like Jarrell said, what, what your objective is. Um, you subtract your age from 110 to 120, then just particularly stocks, that's what your portfolio just a percentage of your portfolio that you can quote unquote afford to have invested into stocks. Great. You all have provided just wonderful information. And what I heard you say is that when it comes to a person who wants to get in get started, it's that it doesn't matter about the age, but what's your objective? What's the level of risk that you are willing to take and what's your situation? And so those things are so very key. Well, we're about to wrap up, guys. And I want you to give some last, some final thoughts and comments. And would like for you also to give us your contact information as to how someone can contact you for your for your services and your guidance financially. Uh, we can start with, with, with uh, you, Jarrell. Yeah, so, um, you know... Um... Uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for for letting us come on and you know come to your podcast and share our knowledge. You know, um, I think uh, you know this is a, a great platform uh, for people to be able to kind of get you know pretty much get their lives together and get some and get some edu- get educated. And so I really really appreciate that. Um, but you can you can you can find us at you know we we are on Facebook. I think it's Generational Empowerment Organization on Facebook. Uh, you can look us up on there on Instagram. I think it's y'all correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's still Generation Empowerment or Geo, or you can just look up, you know, search Geo on there. For Instagram, it'll be uh, change underscore Geo. There you uh, go. That way, you don't have to search it; just type it in and stuff. There you go. And what? And, and give them our, our email address as well. Our email is changegeo at gmail um, and also our website at changegeo.org. There you go. Yeah, feel free to. Contact us. We will be glad to help anybody. If anybody contact, we'd be so we we love to help. And also, we do uh, we do have a podcast as well uh, called Geo Talks, to which we talk about financial issues that are, uh, have occurred in the past that are occurring, and trying to help get households out of that generational curse. So you can tune into that. 
Absolutely. That's wonderful. So I just want to say that it's, uh, I want you to repeat those again. Uh, the, you have a podcast called GEO Talks. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And uh, what's your Instagram again? It is at change underscore dot GEO. Okay. And the email address? Uh, changegeo at gmail.com. Great. Wonderful. I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you gentlemen. And we just, I just want to thank you so much for being willing to come on and share your knowledge and information. Uh, once again, this is Cassandra for Abundant Living Podcast. And please do contact these gentlemen. And we are, I, I believe you also have uh, someone else that works with you, but she was not able to come on today. Yeah. Could you tell us her name? Yeah, her name is Jenna Oakley, and she's she's uh, studying for a license right now, so she's going through a class today. So she wasn't able to join us, but her name is Jenna Oakley, and you know she's the CPA of the group, and she is the backbone of Geo. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome! And we just love the diversity, and we just love the I, I just love the camaraderie that you all have, and you all seem to just sync so well together. So thank you so much for joining me in this podcast, and we're looking for. Uh, wonderful things coming from this organization and please do contact them because financial freedom and literacy is so important especially to the african-american community right now but to everyone because the african-american community was hit so hard with this pandemic so you know it doesn't matter what your age and i believe it was jt that mentioned get the children involved mm -hmm. this is the right time to start teaching them uh financial literacy helping them to understand just how important finances are to the individual and to the family. So thank you guys so much. And we look forward to uh, being able to interact with you again. Thank you.